So welcome to AFP Congress and I hope you have a fantastic few days with a whole variety of education, wellness, networking and entertainment sessions. I know it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So my name is Stephen George. I'm a, a UK-based uh, leadership coach and consultant. Long, long history, uh, sadly these days longer than I would expect, in um, fundraising based in the UK and uh, actually working around the world. Know Canada fairly well and um, absolutely fantastic to be connected with you, albeit through the power of uh, this electronic little device that we've got here. So I just want to talk to you a little bit about, um, in prep in a sense, I guess, for your amazing opportunity by being together at uh, a Congress in whatever way you are, either it reality or uh, virtually, in whatever way that we are trying to connect, because we're all trying to get through, and particularly in the last two years or so, trying to get through something so that we can deliver the causes that we're all so much um, focused on and we believe so much in. And um, for us, that means being a good, good leader, a great leader. Now, I know that's hard. Many organizations find that at the moment um, difficult to allow people to be actually those good leaders that we all want to be. So I thought it'd be interesting just to perhaps reflect a little bit from you from uh, uh, across the other side, just to have a little think around what leadership might mean for you when you think about the Congress and the, your time together and your reflection moment when you get a chance to think about how you fundraise, but more importantly, how you become great fundraising leaderships, leaders. Um, my background actually is fundraiser first. So I kind of started in the organizations uh, in a long time ago, but I started actually because I fell into it. I think like most of you, you know, that we find a situation where we're, we're in it by accident. There's an awful lot of you choose it as a career and I understand that. But for many of us, we're not satisfied in the job that we do. And then we find ourselves in something that mean, has meaning and, uh, and is very worthwhile. And we feel fantastic about it. That's exactly what happened for me. I, 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 I stumbled into it and I stayed with it. And I learned the qualities of leadership and how to be a better leader through those experiences. And so um, over that time, I've kind of developed, I think there's four platforms, if you like, for me that I, I think it would be useful maybe just to share with you a little bit about what makes really good leadership driven fundraising, why that matters. Sometimes we spend a lot of our attention and energy concerned about what others aren't doing and much less on what we individually can do in the sphere of influence that we have, the, the space that we have that allows us to actually increase that circle of influence. We can take a lot more control and a lot more influence and we are a lot more powerful than uh, I think many of us give ourselves credit for. So what are the four, if you like, platforms for that? And then I'm going to share with you some tips um, perhaps to get you thinking a bit about how you might be able to increase that level of power. First one is in terms of uh, thinking of yourself as leadership, leadership focus. Now, I think it's true to say that if I look back on good fundraising uh, delivery, I would say the difference often is the quality of the leadership. If you work in an organisation where there's a zero tolerance for failure, you're going to fail all the time. Uh, you'll never get past it. You can only succeed if you learn how to absorb failure. We all fail, and that's the path of getting to be better and, uh, and finally delivering. So we need space and confidence to be able to, to, to work well together. But 
being a good leader in an organization and actually leading other people and yourselves to actually deliver really powerfully does make a difference. Poor leadership usually delivers poor outcomes and certainly poor fundraising. So it's important that we do have some space to be better in the, in, in the area of being a leader. The other area, of course, is that is that's powerful that drives it is principles. I think some organisations today perhaps spend quite a lot of time trying to control their people with a lot of rules. The rules and framework and structures are important. We live in a, in a world in which high levels of governance are really, really critical to get right. But actually, if we can reduce the level of rules to the point where we're more guided by a kind of engine inside of us built around principles, it's far, far more powerful. And if you're trying to lead other people, getting, to, getting them to coalesce around short, sharp, defined principles that matter and have a big impact um, really, really do work very, very well. So if we could think a bit about what those principles might be and how we might, uh, I guess, create principles that actually drive for us a much better organisation and, uh, and, and way forward. Another way then perhaps to think about it is to think a bit about um, how we might build a, a sort of more powerful methodology now, one of the things that fundraising tends to do is it tends to get stuck a little bit in its own techniques. But actually systemizing good fundraising, not a bad thing, but you have to integrate it. So methodology means simplifying, being clear that the steps that you're taking that you can communicate to wider groups of people are simple and logical and understandable. And so building good methodologies really does help. And then the fourth, I think, area that absolutely adds magic and spark is finding passion you know being guided by your own spark what the passion inside of you that actually um, relates to good leaders because it does matter that you believe and you have some some kind of affinity with what it is that you're trying to do I, I, I know what we do is a professional job and I know we're all powerfully committed to that but actually the spark and magic comes from when we personally want to see impact and change and we it matters to us um, good leaders do connect with that and they they understand that now we can provide a very quiet methodology you know there's some really interesting research recently about quality of leadership who in many organizations you know stand and give great speeches but don't follow through and then the systematic coaches and and leaders who actually pay attention turn up all the time they keep contributing they're always, always on where they're going and they kind of help focus you a lot more on, on, on getting there. I, I think we need a little bit of both. And um, you don't have to be the leader that does one or the other, but you do have to be the leader that facilitates that rounder picture. It's not always you, but knowing where it comes from matters tremendously. So leadership, principles, methodology, and then having some spark and passion and magic drives it along tremendously. I'm going to talk about five tips that I think might help you focus a bit as you kind of move into this next phase and beyond Congress as you go on to do back to the jobs that you all do and do so well. So here's number one. Um, the first tip is know yourself. Now, why does that matter? Because you can't really move yourself and organisation and teams forward if you stumble into organisations and bring into it behaviour 
that actually you aren't necessarily always in control of. I mean, many of us have had, you know, when we've grown up, we've adopted behaviours, there may even be traumas there, there may even be all sorts of experiences, or, or we're all human and we have those flaws and they're part of us, they're part of our makeup. And we can use those much more powerfully and effectively if we are much more in control of understanding where they come from. It isn't about being perfect. It isn't about controlling everything. It is about insight, being able to know yourself. And good leaders have a really good connection with who they are, their good parts as well as their faulty parts, which we all have, and their ability to understand why certain things happen in certain ways. The more time you can spend in learning about who you are, and I do mean on that journey, you know, being really hungry to have those insights. I mean, those, you know, all the surveys and the, you know, the training and development that goes to get little snippets of information about how you can behave better. They all add value to who you are. I actually used to run a little notebook and all the courses that I used to go on when I first started fundraising that gave me like Belbin team roles, Myers-Briggs, all those other little insights, all the all, all the kind of counselling insights that you might get through through different, all the coaching insights that you get, they build this tremendous knowledge up of who you are. And be hungry for that. Really find out about yourself as you become a better leader. It's, it's incredibly powerful. The second really important, uh, I guess, tip for this in principle is, is, is perhaps where you then might focus on purpose. And that's finding personal and organizational purpose. And why do those two things matter when you get them in sync? So we bring our personal purpose in to something that actually uh, connects. If you work for organizations doing things that you are good at and you are capable in there to feel safe and you're capable of being uh, in control of your strengths, having known yourself, and bringing those strengths and delivering those strengths for the best part of the time that you have, delivering a purpose that you believe in, it's enormously powerful. If you can align that with an understanding of where your organizational purpose is and where that goes, that equally is a very, very uh, important kind of engine that drives, drives it along. Now, lots of organizations get lost in understanding their own purpose. And very much, if you go back to where founders started the organizations that you might work in, you'll be incredibly surprised how simple it is. You know, a lot of our colleagues sometimes over, overwork it and they try and make it simpler and they try and make it more current. But actually defining purpose so that somebody else understands it and it can be said in a simple sentence absolutely unlocks clarity and focus and attention. Bring those two together find it, be able to articulate your personal purpose and then align it with something that you believe in in an organization that you you equally believe in. That means from that position, you can reflect out to the uh, supporters that you need to engage them. It gives you great confidence, gives you great clarity. So go away and have a look about really, do you understand what your organization's purpose is? Are you really clear? Can you define it and say it in one sentence? Is it made up of words and language that are internally focused and not simple and external so that others can understand them? 
think about that because get, getting that right is is going to be incredibly powerful and, and it, it does mean you do have to be a bit challenging to find that out. So personal organizational purpose, reconnect with it, find it, clarify it, get it clear. Third great tip is the focus that you need to build great teams. Now, great teams aren't, um, you know, and they don't just, they do some, they sometimes just happen, but they do take a good leader to work out what qualities one needs in a good team. And you do need diversity. You know, this is an age when diversity is being unlocked. And diversity on every level, we're not just talking across all the, natural diversity issues that we're all facing at the moment. Of course, that's absolutely critical and powerful. You need to unlock that for as many different voices as we possibly can. But we also need diversity and challenge and thinking, and we need diversity in the way that we come together around common purpose. You know, getting teams that have some edge to them and then working through that in those teams, you will need to construct that team on an aspiration and a common purpose that they're excited about. And then they go through that process of forming and storming and norming a, a team till they then become the high-performing team that you want to see. That takes real attention. So pay attention on what are the key qualities to make a tremendous team because they're really, really the engine by which you can get change delivered. And then teams that start to self-manage because they get where you're going and then they trust each other as I talked, I've said twice now about safety, they trust each other and they can cover for each other and look after each other, but they're all going in a similar same direction. They allow for each other's differences, but there is, there is got to be a little bit of spark amongst them and spend time socializing. It's been so tough in the last two or two years or so. So savor that moment when you're back together and get them working together and how we've managed to keep and construct teams over through Zoom for the last two years as has in itself been absolutely fantastic. But that third tip is the emphasis and focus on building a great team. Think about what you've got now, where you want to go. And also think a little bit about the teams where you were absolutely thriving. You felt fantastic in that team and things got done. And then try and benchmark yourself as to where you are now against that because that's the aspiration that should, you should always have. Because then after time, if you're a team leader, you can recreate those conditions. You can recreate those circumstances and bring those kind of people together in that, in that kind of way. Made loads of mistakes. I can, I can tell you now, I haven't got time for it now, but you know, seriously, lots and lots of errors and lots and lots of failures. Sometimes my own ego, often my own ego, sometimes my own ego, sometimes, you know, um, you're not, not being tough enough, actually, wanting harmony at the expense of getting purpose right. So there's a balance between the empathy you have with people and the project that you want to deliver and getting the quality of that. And sometimes you have to take those tough decisions. People will respect you and understand where you're going if you can build that and comes back to the second one. If you've got common purpose, it's incredibly powerful. So run that through a great team. The fourth tip that I want you just to focus on a little bit and have a think about is when you're going on the grand project, start outside and go outside of your organization, not just in the internal focus, but go outside and build your common purpose and connection with the supporters, your audience that you're serving, the, the, the change that you want to make in the society that you live and do that with two things, aspiration and humility. Why does that matter? Aspiration is because sometimes we are too 
conservative small c. We're too frightened. You know, what would it take to really solve the problem that your organization's purpose has articulated? What would it honestly take? And then think about the journey that you might go on in a great endeavor to really solve that problem. Because that aspiration, and you might not reach it, but the journey and steps towards that aspiration are exciting. People join organizations for the ride. They enjoy it. They want to be with people that are going on something special and unique. So start outside with aspiration and connect with that. Clear, clear aspiration statements that you want to deliver. Humility is going outside because you don't know everything. Listen to that lived experience that's out there. Get them to help you understand and articulate it. Get them articulating. Get everybody outside, including those supporters who want to be partners. Supporters want to make an impact and change. They're not cash machines. Start with supporters' needs. You should honour a supporter. Supporters there. Donors, supporters are there. They make the difference whether your organisation survives or not. So you've got to be alongside them and you've got to be in with them. You don't have to do everything they tell you to do. They wouldn't expect that. But they would expect you to be honest, upfront, straight with them and they want to belong and be alongside you. So go where they are. Go where the people are that really, really matter. Connect with them. Then build your project from that huge amount of insight and um, and the findings that you get by connecting with them, it'll really help you invest in what you do as you as you lead change and try to drive. And then I think the fifth one sounds so overwhelmingly obvious that I'm kind of almost embarrassed to say it really, but let's just go there. Um, and I'll explain why. The fifth one is connect with stories. Oh goodness, you're going. I can hear you say, you know, well, stories again. We keep hearing about that. It is interesting. I have noticed how many fundraisers say stories but don't know how to tell them. Even now, we know intellectually and instinctively that where you can connect with stories, you know, the middle part of the brain that lights up and lights the whole of the body up when we connect with a story. Thousands of years of human history of connecting with stories that that work and connect emotional connection first and then getting your headspace right and with solutions that follow the emotional connection that takes place with great stories lasts. So we have to learn to find, tell, share great stories. And we need to do that by recognising that all of us must show some level of understanding and humility um, and vulnerability in who we are. Telling great stories and connecting with people means actually offering something of yourself. So when you connect with great stories, it's not just, quote, case study, Actually, let's abandon the phrase case study. That would be a lot easier. Let's just build the bank of stories up, shall we? Let's just try and find ways in which those stories can connect with. And this is true of every every form of fundraising and change that works. If you think of all the great movements, they all start with a story, a spark, something that happened. And that spark is replayed through the prism of story and makes and that makes it fantastically impactful. So be deliberate about stories. Build a storybook up in your organization, build the capacity to share stories, train, teach, encourage. Every team meeting that you have when people get together, start with a story. Build that up so that people feel confident and safe to share it. And the most important place that those stories come from, I have to say, is you. If you can learn, it comes right the way back to the last 
I guess the last, you know, the, the very first one really. Can you, in knowing yourself, find and craft your own story and your own purpose that stems from that story and that you're prepared to share with other people as the way to actually lead them on to fantastic change? If you can do that, then you become a open, honest, transparent, vulnerable leader, but somebody who is crystal clear in the direction that they're going in and people will follow and you will be able to make tremendous change. So they're the five. Let's just recap a bit. Leadership, get some principles, get yourself a system and methodology in place, spark with passion and magic, and then five tips to help you perhaps become the better leaders that we all want to be, especially as we emerge out of the pandemic now, as we start to emerge and connect with each other and start to to physically meet up again in the way that we are. This is a chance, an opportunity for transformation and it requires energy and requires vigor, but it requires you to lead. Don't wait for someone else. So know yourself, find personal organizational purpose, build fantastic teams, deliberately build great teams. Start outside, but take aspiration and humility. Big goal. Work out what it takes to get there. Think about humility, about listening to other people before you go on that great journey. And then finally, connect it all up with tremendous stories. I hope that's helped. Um, we have a lot to do, but you know what it's like. It's absolutely those things. It's never ending, is it? But it's a fantastic journey to go on, and it's always been um, a, a tremendous um, honour for me to spend some time with you. Wish I was there in, per per uh, in person, but never mind. Uh, hopefully soon, one day. But um, admire what you do, and um, you know, thank you for the opportunity to connect with you and just share a few tips about what great leadership might make to you in terms of uh, delivering tremendous change that we all want to see. Thank you ever so much. Good luck. <laughs>